0: And Welcome to The Turning Point, a weekly show that's been created to help you overcome the challenges of having the career you always dreamed of. Together we're going to be learning how to overcome those obstacles that may stand in your way. My guests will give you an insight into their own turning point and what issues they came across when starting their journey to a happier working life. Today's guest is the one and only Brad Burton. Now normally I do a bit of an intro, but this guy's story is that interesting that I'm going to let the story unfold right in front of us. But put it this way, he started off delivering pizzas. Brad, welcome.
1: Hey Daniel baby, how are you doing?
0: Not too bad, thank you, how are you?
1: I'm awesome and I'm made up to be on your podcast and uh, anything we can do to push this, let's do it.
0: Thanks very much, appreciate you coming on. So like I alluded to in the, in the intro, you've got a, a very interesting story. So I think we're better off just starting at the beginning, eh?
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I think uh, up until I was 31, well, my teacher said to me it never amount to anything. And up until I was 31, he was right. Uh, but I sort of changed, I changed my direction. Because up to that point, I'd always been employed. I'd always um, sort of got jobs, you know, sporadically. And what happened is I realised that the life that I wanted for my family... I could never get it, even if it worked eighty, hour weeks for the employer. So, basically, I told him to shove his job up his backside, and I walked out of a job. And this was, uh, gosh, 2004, December 2004 it was, yeah, five days before Christmas. And uh, the wife was furious because I have £25,000 in debt and uh, no income, newborn boy, baby been mortgage to pay, and I just walked out of a job five days before Christmas. And um, I think... What's interesting about this is I started my own uh, marketing business off because I was always quite good at marketing. But three months later, it culminated in me sat there in my box room waiting for the phone to ring, feeling sorry for myself because you know all this self-employment stuff, I thought it was all going to be private number plates, spinny chairs and BMWs <laughs> and the likes. And the reality is, uh, in my case, low sales, no sales, depression, a whingy wife wanting me to go and get a proper job, You know, hardly ideal conditions. And I'd like to say that it all turned out beautifully. Uh, that first business but it didn't because it culminated in me delivering pizzas to keep my business afloat and the reason i'm saying that isn't to be dramatic the reason i'm saying that is in order for you to get to where you need to be in any business or any life you can have to do shit you don't want to do you know in my case delivering pizzas at 31 32 um anyway you fast forward 10 years now since that point uh, i now uh, started another business off called Four networking which is a business networking organization and there's thousands in the uk but only one national one, completely national joined up network. And that was for networking, a daft idea that I started uh, 10 years ago. You know, we now run over 5,000 meetings across the UK. So the point I'm making is this. If I had not done the unthinkable walking out of a job, if I'd not done the unthinkable being 25 grand in debt, because my wife wanted me to get sort of three months worth of money in the bank before I started a business off, you know, that's great. Um, but if you 're only saving say one hundred pounds two hundred pounds a month that would have took three years and if the mo if the if the alternator or the car had gone or the you know the boiler that 'd have put it back so if you 're waiting for ideal conditions you 're going to be waiting a very long time and i 'm living proof of that because I was waiting for ideal conditions I was waiting for somebody to knock on my on my front door and give me an opportunity that would have allowed me to do the things that I wanted to with my family and my life um,
0: but you 've got to go make stuff happen so there you go that 's three minutes <laughs> um, but you know. Um, all these people that are forever waiting for this um, ideal time like you just alluded to there what, what's, what what sort of thing can we can we say to people that yep. rather than just saying there's never been an ideal time you need to crack on because as, as as sound advice as that is and it's it's point blunt but everybody's going to be sort of shit scared because they've, they've, everybody's got, like you know the mortgages the finance the cars and all that other kind of stuff family What's the, what's the deal? I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to get over, isn't it? Well, it is, but once you realise, right, what people do, they end up being in shitty jobs that
1: not feeling, and they, um, you know, they work there Monday to Friday in a job that they don't enjoy, and then Friday night they go and get shit they spend a load of money on Saturday, and then they back to it on Monday, and they live like that. And the reason I know this is I was that man. I was that man. I was living short-term, so I'd get paid on Friday, uh, be skint by Monday, and borrow a 10 off my mum on Monday. And <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to really um, question whether that is sustainable for a life. Now, it's okay for a few years. It's all right until you, but it comes a point when you've got to do something for yourself. Now, I always say to people, when it comes to starting your own business off, you show me one person in the UK that starved to death as a direct result of starting their own business off. Show me one. They don't exist because nobody does starve to death. You find a way. Now, you might have to live on Tesco's Beans and Waffles and you might not be able to go to Pizza Express like you once did or, or enjoy going out with your mates, but it's a short-term... Um, it's a short-term uh, loss. Because if I'd not done that, the things that I'd done delivering pizzas, and I didn't feel great about delivering pizzas, I'll be honest with you. you know, and that's only looking back now. I think, wow, you should have patted yourself on the back. And that's what I say to any of your listeners right now. You know, If right now you are keeping your dream alive by loading pallets and nappies at Sainsbury's at 4 o'clock in the morning, if right now you're shelf stacking to keep your business and your dream alive, pat yourself on the back, stop beating yourself up. So in terms of my situation, I don't have a single qualification to be named, not one right? You know, £25,000 in debt. Why the wife them to go and get a proper job. At least you know where you stand. Now you tell that to the people of uh, HSBC that have just been let go. You know exactly where you stand when you run your own business. Skin, get fucking used to it. Right? <laughs> but the reality is, the reality is, is that skin, um, the way, the way I, I I say my business is like, what happens when you're employed? It's like payday, skint, payday, skint, payday, skin. When you're self-employed, this is how it goes. Skint, 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 skint. Payday, 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 payday. Because all those people that said to me, when you start a business off, Brad, you're mad, right? They're still in the same situation 10 years on. Exactly the same situation, working Monday to Friday in a job that they don't enjoy, getting pissed up Saturday, Sunday, and then going back to work. I'm not in that situation. And I would say to any individual who's thinking about it, Stop thinking about it and do something. If it doesn't work out, if your business doesn't work out, guess what? You can go and get a proper job, at least you know where you stand, and you're not going to starve to death. So what's the risk? So what is the risk? If you go and start your business off, what's the risk? it doesn't work out, you go back to get a proper job, which is exactly where you are now. And that's what I did.
0: I mean that's it's funny though, because the the people that I 've interviewed have said exactly the same things all along the lines of the worst place where you end up is back where you started hey listen, Dan. you know the reason they're all saying that is because they've copied me star my first <laughs> two thousand and eight
1: get off your ass. I was the first person to actually get into this whole thing about the reality of what it's like to start a business off you know so many people i I think I genuinely believe I've paid the way for people to be more human than than business like um and it's something that I, I prided myself on because for my uh, 31 years or whatever it was in corporate, um, I, never, I never really achieved. I always underachieved. And I think the reason behind that was because I tried to conform. I tried to be something I wasn't. I tried to be uh, professional. I tried to be, you know, put on a daft, posh voice and stuff. Do you want to hear it?
0: Yeah, go on. I'm, uh, yeah, definitely.
1: Not a chance. But, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> And that's the thing. And I think that the very point when my life started coming together is at the point when I stopped conforming and I started being me. That's me as in what's and all, you know, uh, not not hiding who I am. And I believe that's where people go wrong. They start, you know, they watch The Apprentice, they watch Dragon's Den and they tip up there in a three-piece suit and a pocket watch. Well, you know, would you wear a three-piece suit and a pocket watch outside of the den? If the answer's no, why are you doing it?
0: I mean, that, that TV show, just, it really frustrates me because it's not like that. It, it, the, the, most of the successful people out there don't turn up looking like that and coming with all these plans and all that kind of shit. It's, 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 just, not, it's just not real. It's just but, for so the my, show.
1: My business plan, Dan, it might as well have a forward by J.K. Rowling. It was a work of fucking fiction, right? That's <laughs> my business, sorry, my bank manager, he sort of laughed in my face. He laughed in my face. He wanted me to go and waste two or three weeks putting together a 49-page business plan for a frigging loan. Guess what? I didn't bother getting a 49-page business plan. I didn't get a loan. And guess what? I run a multi-million pound business now. So that's the point, that all these things that you think the conventional way of doing stuff, you don't have to. This morning on Twitter, I've just gone onto Twitter and I've added the book people. They're the company that sells these books. Up and
0: Yeah, I saw that. Didn't take right. them to get replied,
1: did it? Right, and that's the thing. So I've added them to say, hey, listen, I'd love to speak to your buyer. They've, they've responded to me, and they're going to pass the details on. Now, whether they do or whether they don't, the reality is, better than ever before, you can circumvent conventional routes to market. So as long as you are disruptive... Now, if I went on there and said, hi, hey, guys, here's a picture of, a, of, a, of a, a, a scribbled picture of my book that I'm doing, they wouldn't be interested. But the fact that I've got three books for the fourth on the way and, you know, highest-rated business author, then it, it adds the credibility to it all. So more than ever before, I would say, lose the, the being professional tag, and, and and start on the Be affected tag. And that's something that I've done. So people would say, some people would say, well, you're not very professional. My invoice, I get paid. So define what professional means.
0: Yeah. I mean, your, your Twitter handle used to be uh, Brad Burton, Bu.
1: Completely. Absolutely. And I've just changed it to the now book because my book's out on November the 17th.
0: And when day. this goes live, that book will be out. So remember, take that with people. The fourth of what, however many to come. But I know I, with the fourth book coming out is the uh, next month. So sort of the sort of push that you've been able to put on this one, how different was that? Um, how much harder was it for book one? Mm,
1: not really. You know, book one, I didn't know what I was doing. I and mean, the great thing about that is I did stuff that you'd never dream of doing, i.e. sending uh, a, a box of my books to every four networking group around the UK to sell. Now, half of them got nicked, half of them, but who cares? It got distribution out there. So you wouldn't do that when you know what you're doing, Right. But actually, somewhere along the way, that naivety, that business naivety, served me. So, with this book now, my intent is to sell a thousand books month one. Uh, I've not gone with a publisher this, this time. I chose not to. Um, so, my first two were self published. Then I had a publisher, one of the biggest business, in fact, the biggest, biggest, business, biggest business publisher in the world uh, for the third book. And uh, this one, I'm I'm going to uh, back to self publishing because. How, it- how come you going back? Because. Um, I can either pay £2 a copy of a book and self-publish it myself, or I can pay uh, £5.85 for a copy of the book, which is what a publisher costs you. And actually, that means if I'm buying them for two quid, if I really want to be clever and say, hey, guess what, guys? I'm going to give them away a show for £5. I can do that. If I do that with a publisher, I've just lost myself 65 pence every, every single one. So it doesn't make any sense. The publishers get it into WH Smith for two weeks, and that's cool. And after two weeks... You know, it's it's all the other way then. So, I I, I think I'm gonna go and see the cheap bars of Waterstones and 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 W H Smith myself and, and make stuff happen. So I just once again, I'm I'm a maverick, you know, and, and I mean that in the nicest possible way because, um, I am. That's what I do. I do things my way, and if they don't work, I change them till they do work. And you know, with this book, this book book, it's the first time in my life that I've um that I've actually um. Uh, what's the word? i've missed my deadline i missed my deadline three times i had a publishing deadline for this i missed it three times and that's because it wasn't right and i wasn't comfortable with it so you know once again waiting for perfect conditions there is a time there's a place now this book will never be right if i was to sit there i could keep chipping away chipping away chipping away but six weeks ago when i went on holiday i um i thought it was finished and then since that point every single day for the last six weeks i've worked on it so is it, in my view, it's the best book that I've
0: written. And I suppose that just comes through experience. you've actually, just talking about Waterstones there, you've got a bit of an interesting, you had an interesting intro to the guys at Waterstones, didn't yeah,
1: you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to, um, so my book, uh, Get Off Your Ass, I was told I would never get it into Waterstones because it was an offensive title. That's what the literary agent told me. So guess what I did? I picked up the phone to Waterstones and I went to see the cheese buyer. End of. And I went to see this guy at Waterstone. The best way to describe it is a bit like Mr. Burns when I walked in there, uh, his hands cradled. And uh, so, Brad, take a seat. So tell me why you're here. And I'm thinking, well, I've got a business book. You're the chief bar at Waterstone. What do you frigging think? And I never said that. but he, he, I said, look, I said, can I be honest with you? He said, sure. I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. And he burst out laughing. He said, that is the best sales pitch uh, I've ever heard in 20 years. And I said, look, it's true. You know, blagging will get you so far. And uh, anyway, he's now stocked in Waterstone's um, both my first two books as a result of that
0: so so there's there's something in that way you've got these agents telling you you're never going to get into it but anyway you've got to on your own path haven't you dan
1: dan 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 Dan. all my life i've had people telling me i can't do this right so let me just let me just reverse up all my life i've had people telling me it never worked so if i think about me starting my own business off i had people saying hey you can't do it. you are crazy why are you doing that and for x amount of years i did listen to people so I never actually took the leap of faith. When I started my business off, 25 grand in debt, wife wanted me to go and get a proper job, blah 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 Bank manager tell me I'm crazy, I had no business plan, I had no working capital, all that. Right? Um, you know, that business now for networking 10 years on, rocking. When I said I'm gonna go and write a book called Get Off Your Arse, literary agent telling me I couldn't call it that, why not? Well, it's an offensive title and you won't get it published, people won't take it seriously. Highest-rated business book on Amazon. Um, when I said I'm gonna become a motivational speaker, people said, you can't do that. Why is that? We've well, got genius tattoos. Four arm tattoos and you look like a drug dealer, you know. Um, and yet, I, I, you know, I'm, sp- I, I'm headlining at the business show over Olympia. Um, I've spoke at Olympia. I've spoken at J C. Big three times. Those independent departments have got me in. I've been to spoke at Zero, um, at Bentley. So all these, all these people that gave me the advice, they're nowhere to be seen. They're not on the business show stage. They're not. They've not written three books. Four on the way. They never started a national business network. The only one in the UK. Not see. That's the thing. So at the very point when I stopped listening to people's advice, if it were me, you know, building the pub, listening to those people, nah.
0: So what's quite funny is that you've used every, every sort of downer and um, putback as sort of this huge driving force.
1: Dan, Dan, can I just jump in? You know, you think about it like a, um, something I do at one of my Brad camps, which is, we call it ace. Uh, assets, cash, and experience. Every time you go for a job, you get an asset or a cash or experience. So, for instance, if you're when you're starting as a speaker, you know, you start, you go uh, to speak at a, an event with 10 people there, so you come away with experience there. And as you get bigger stages, you come away with assets, i.e., like photographs, showreels, that kind of thing. Uh, cash is obviously payment or experience. And when you've got your assets and your experience, I mean, like, you know, about every that i need of me talking to hundreds of people i've got every video I've got all that sort of stuff once you've got all the assets and once you've got all the experience the only thing that you require is cash so that's the thing so going back to my point with uh, your point with as regards all the downers into uppers that ace thing that i've just talked about an ace can be a one or it can be a ten okay i would not be much of a motivational speaker if i took out my background Two bullets that went through my window in 1993, nineteen ninety three, ninety four. Can't remember. Right. Uh, the fact that I've got no qualifications. My dad left me when I was six months old. Um, uh, I started this business off twenty five thousand pounds in debt. Wife that wanted me to go and get her. I looked like a drug dealer. Da, 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 da. I wouldn't be much of a motivational speaker if I if I didn't you know bring these things to the fore. And what most people do is they run away from who they are. They run away thinking that people will will be uh, put away. Uh, put off by you telling the truth. And actually, those people that don't like me, for me telling the truth, that's okay. Because there's a big wide world out there of people that do like me and do respect me and do, uh, are fans of mine, my work, as a result of that that honesty piece. And this is what I say, go back to what you said, which is this, be you, be you. Because we, for so long in our life, I tried to be something I wasn't in order to conform, in order to succeed in business. And yet I always fell short because I wasn't being me. And all these daft ideas and all my approaches to business—I've tried using them within corporates. Every one of my marketing angles I've tried using in corporates, and actually, um, they never worked because the corporate machine would not allow them to work. Well,
0: that's to me—you're not allowed to be yourself. You've, you've got to be that other thing—that corporate or whoever or whoever's above you. But, but that, something that's, uh, that's world that's renowned in business is people by people. So if you stop being that person, then you're just working. What's the point? Because what you want to do, you want to work with the people that want to work with you and if you're not doing that, they're just working with you for the sake of it and if, if you're being yourself, you get that relationship but, and something's better at the end of it. But you know, the, the problem is with, with selling yourself
1: out for money is the money uh, doesn't last forever but the selling out does and that's the difference. So I've stopped selling myself out right now. I will, there was a guy who rang up um, wanting me to speak at some event and my terms are 100%. As soon as you book, 100%, right? That's it. And uh, in Four years I've never had a single like, complaint or whatever. You, know, you don't go into a news agent and say, hello mate, can I have a Mars bar in a newspaper? I'll pay you in 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 100%. Anyway, uh, he come back um, saying, well, we're not prepared to pay 100%. We'll pay 50% now and no, 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 no. This is a negotiation. Anyway, I just said to Kerry, my PA said, look, you know, blow him out tell him I'm not interested. And then with that, they was then saying, oh, we'll, we'll pay 100% now. I, this, life's too short. To get dicked about with stupid clients, right? That would have been such a headache, and he was off to the wrong footing. So I always make certain that anyone that I work with, and, I, and well, you, you guys know because you've been involved in it, but um, my hacksaw uh, Brad Burton website, you know, that was another example of, um, of, of something of, of, of trust. And that was another example of working with a team that made it easy for me to work with, rather than it being a hard slog or having to be formal or this, that, and the other. You guys just got on with it and, and made it happen. And that's what, I, that's what I'm about. And I think that's why my efficiency piece right now is I will only work with people that I want to work with. I will only take jobs that I want to do. Therefore, I don't end up having a, you know, a foot on the horse pipe. I'm feeling uh, awkward in situations and stuff. I'll only
0: do the
1: jobs that I want to do. I'll only work with the people that I want to work with
0: yeah and I th- that's a mentality that you've got to have and and if you want to work on the good stuff and enjoy it more you've, you've got to stick to it yes there could be the, the fallback where well there's a bit less work coming because you turn your stuff away but the stuff that does then come in and that you end up working on is much more enjoyable uh, and it'll be much better in the end
1: absolutely and that's you know and that's where, where it's at but what we end up doing when you first start in the business you've got to say yes to the opening of an envelope because you've got no, you've got no money, and that's the problem. Because what ends up happening, you end up taking jobs that you know are going to cause you problems. And as you um, as you start progressing through your career, you need to be braver as you go on to say no, no, no. Uh, one of the um, tips that I gave Steph Thomas the other day uh, was be prepared to walk away from a deal, as in genuinely, not pretend. Genuinely be prepared to walk away from a deal, and he he was. Um, in this deal last week, where the guy was started trying to change his terms, and when he Steph was prepared to walk away, and he said, oh, "I'm out," this guy actually came back and then agreed to the terms that you know Steph initially set out. So that's the kind of thing that you can only do that when you're brave and you're confident, and and that's the position where you should always try be when you are making decisions. Always come from a position of confidence in terms of confidence about your ability and confidence about you.
0: So let's just talk about this sort on of, this. Current chapter they're in for you. So last year was a big... Uh, was it last year? Beginning of this, a big change at 4N at the, at the top, wasn't it? Yeah, there?
1: that's right. February 16th, 10 years to the day.
0: So after 10 years, you decided to step down as MD. Um, and you, you said to me when we spoke last week um, at the uh, Liverpool Business Expo that you'd, you'd hit all your goals.
1: <laughs> hey, Dad, it was a horribly hollow victory, that. in that It's funny, as, as a human... It, um, let's just reverse up so 10 years ago Tesco's Beans and Waffles delivering pizzas um, to be in a position where I am now in a financial pos- position and also in a um, time position as well it's just, just unbelievable um, but there was this level of apathy when I reached it um, and I was talking to some people who are all also at the highest level in boxing uh, about this and what happens is it's the same. It's when you get to to your goals, you sat there going, uh, is this it? Because it was something that was just so out of reach to have reached it. It's, um, so, yeah, I, I was um, bizarrely um, full of melancholy. Um, <laughs> uh, bizarre. I mean, it's a big word for me, that, isn't it? But um, don't ever play me playing Scrabble, mate. I'll, I'll take you. That. <laughs> but, but, you know, it true um, true apathy. I got there and it was like, is this it? And the answer is, this is why I've written this book, This Now What? Because I was at a turning point in my life. Um, I didn't know which way to go. And what I'd always done is always my mindset was always, What's next? rather than Now What? So everything was about achieving, dominating, um, hitting goals, 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 goals. And then you've got to say to yourself, Why? 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 Because what happens in life is we end up chasing. People chase a 40 inch television, then you get that, you want a 42 inch one, then you want a 44, then you want a 50, then you want a 60, then you want a 70, then you want an 80. At what point do you become happy? And that's the thing, the whole premise of this book, which is to chase happiness. That's the focus, first and foremost, beyond anything else. Get yourself happy because no amount of material things will make you happy. If you're happy and you start ladling on material things, that's a different ballgame. But what I see is people chasing, 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 and they're not sure why they're chasing. So I was sat down with a friend of mine over in Leeds, um, and he's got a £2.5 million business. And we sat there, and in three years, a recruitment consultant. has done really well. I'm so proud of him. And he said to me, he said, well, I'm going for a £10 million business. right? bear in mind, this is the guy from Burstall over in Leeds, right? which is like a rough area, you know, he brought brought up by his mum as a a single parent. And, um, you know, he's done so so well for himself. And he said to me, he said, oh, well, I'm going for a £10 million business. And I went, oh, that's really interesting, that. Why are you doing that? Well, you know, so I can get the nice things for my family. I said, oh, that's that's interesting. Specifically what? Well, you know, the nice things. No, I don't. What? And he couldn't answer me. And that's the thing. You end up getting on a frigging hamster wheel You get off a hamster wheel of of employment, and then you end up in a hamster wheel of self-employment, running even faster, and you're not really sure why. You just run, 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 chase the next big thing. And this is the thing that I've stopped. I've stopped chasing the next big thing, and I've realized something, that maybe, just maybe, the contentment that you chase or you seek lies here, within. It's not about going to the next goals. It's not about conquering the next land, because at some point, there's going to be no more lands to conquer, and I think that's where I'm
0: at. That sounds it's interesting, and I, I, I kind of get the point because I saw. I'm digressing a little I watched a, an interview with Freddie Flintoff, yep. um, and he's he's done a lot since since cricket. Like he's done the boxing, he's done all these TV shows, where he's been around the world, and he's done stuff with like tribes in Africa and all this kind of stuff and he was thinking uh, that if he when he did this boxing match that he'd sort of get the thrill back um, from when he was prime cricket from walking out into them stadiums with thousands of people surrounding him and he said he said it weren't even like it weren't even on radar we're just nowhere near and that he's what gets me excited now is just is just the the mundane stuff. The well, not mundane stuff. because that's not the right word. But the just no. normal stuff like so, the school run, the just being with the kids, being with the family, just doing the everyday stuff. And he says, I- I'm not getting that back. And I've no. it took me till I did this boxing match to realise that. And I'm all right with that. Done. So like, he stops striving for the next, and he's just doing what is. What what happens is you try to recreate the magic of that first kiss, right? And you ain't
1: You ain't getting that back. And once you realize that, and this is why people start turning to drugs, alcohol, philandering, whatever shit you people get up to, right, you get that excitement back. And the danger is with that kind of stuff is it puts you further back rather than forward. And I, I've written in this book, now what? Um, give yourself a daft shit audit. Because when you start getting to that stage, when apathy starts kicking in, that's when you start doing daft shit. And I know that because I've done daft shit in my time. And it's about being honest about who you are. I've I've stopped chasing them. I have stopped chasing and go back to what Freddie said there, which is this whole piece about being happy with what you've got. Within this book, I talk about um, tickets that each every single day you come to a fairground ticket machine, it spits out a prize ticket, and uh, every single day you get the opportunity. Can't keep it, but you've got to spend that ticket. That's your life. And one day you're going to go up to your prize ticket machine and there's no ticket going to spit out. And you're going to sit there going, oh, I wish I wouldn't have wasted those tickets. And that's what I say to people. Make them certain that what you're doing in your life, and bear in mind, you've only got one. So make sure that what you're doing is what you want to do. Because I just see too many people working their bollocks off to go and get a nice, comfortable pension when they're 65 with ill health. And I know a guy who actually, four days before he was due to retire, died. So he'd spent all his entire life, all his entire life, putting into this pension pot so he could enjoy his retirement. And say, so let's say it was 200 grand. As he died, instantly half of that value was wiped off, 100,000 quid, and it went to his wife. Wouldn't it have been better that he didn't save the 200 grand for a pension? And actually what he did, he spunked it on holidays. He went to Disney, he went on a boat he went on a did the things that he wanted to do when he had the opportunity to not when he's sixty five in ill health or in his case, he never even made it so that 's where i 'm at right now, which is living every day, uh, like it 's my last, but not at the expense of tomorrow i 'm not going to go and do something stupid because if that was the case i 'd go and sell the house and then go and go to Vegas you know so you can 't do that, but there is a balancing heart there because I always say to people, you know my wife wanted me to pay the mortgage off of my house." Um, and put, overpaying it to the tune of a thousand pound a month, it would have been paid off in eight years' time, right? And I said, to him, I said, why are you doing that? Went, well, we will get security then. So I said, eight years' time, right? I said, I don't know what's happening in fucking eight minutes, let alone eight weeks, eight months, eight years' time. I said, if we, if I, if I had a critical illness and I had a year to go, would you still be paying the mortgage off? She said, no. I said, well, why the fuck are we paying the mortgage off? Mm-hmm. Let's go travel the world. I mean, actually, we're going to two oldies next year. Because one day, one day, you're going to look back and think, I oh, wish I'd have done those things that I didn't. I wish I'd have started that business off. I wish I'd have told my employers to should his job up his arse. I wish I'd have lived on Tesco's beans and muffins. I wish I'd have listened to that bloke who was having the podcast with Dan. Because I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, the individual listening to this and saying, you know what? Fucking do it. Do it. And there's so many people that write letters to me or, or emails or get in contact via social media that have read my books and told their employer to shove the job at their arse and walked out of a shitty relationship. I've actually walked away from a, a, a shitty marriage. And that's a lot of responsibility from a fat bloke from Manchester. But we all look, we're all looking for permission to be the very thing that we want to be, to be brave, to be us. And that's what I try to give people because I'm living proof of that. I'm living proof. I'm just a council estate bum that has focused himself for the first time in his life for the first time in these last ten years, I had thirty-one years of being a, a fucking short-term, short-termist bum. That's the reality of it. I've done four years in the door, smoked more, more weed than anyone that I know. You know, so let's not pretend I was an angel in my time because I wasn't. But there comes a point in everyone's life when you reach a crossroads and you can choose to go forward or you can choose to go backwards. For the first time in my life when baby Ben came along, because that's what I'm trying to think what the, the factor was when I when I, when I walked. Isn't a boy come along? and as a, as a result of that um you
0: know it changed everything because it was no longer about me well I, th- I think that's i mean, so some people will just be able to take that jump on 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 their own back but again, a lot of people do things by a circumstance so there is a change like there is a new there's a, there is a new family member there's a loss of a family member there's some sort of deciding factor and it's it's evidence like you've just said that uh, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing it often did they do make things that are better. So your motivation, so when you got little Ben, boom, it's gone yep. stratospheric. You got I know people that have lost family members, husbands, and it's just right. like the worst thing that's gone into the absolute best and the same sort of thing. Right. And that's and that, that's
1: and that's the thing. That is the thing with it is that it always works out and experiences what you win when you lose, but it doesn't go your way, you learn. And if I think about me now, the amount of opportunities, the amount of times that, that signposts were in front of me to start my own business off. And yet, for whatever reason, I chose not to see them. I walked on by, and every single individual, you know, if you think about the people listening to this now, every single decision that they've ever made in their life, every single one has brought them to this moment where they're listening to this, this, this podcast. Everyone in your life, every whatever small micro decision, thousands, tens of thousands of times you've conceived, when you picked it, that's not. So there's a reason for it. And you can choose to walk on by the sign, or you can choose to say, okay, what is the, the purpose of this? And do something, no qualifications, £25,000 in debt, wife wanted me to go and get a proper job, uh, newborn boy, baby bed, a mortgage. And I started it. I started a business off. You know, Unless you've got £25,000 in debt, right? Unless you've got £25,000 in debt, you've got no right to tell me or give me an excuse. Because you can find a way. You buy something for 50 pence and you sell it for a pound and you repeat that process. Well, I need funding. Bollocks to your funding. I'm not at the shilling.
0: There's something you said there about whether it, you, you get the experience from when you fail. It was something that Jamie mentioned, Jamie Moore, last week. Right. Um, and that, of every time he lost, so it was initially when he was young, he was embarrassed in front of his friends, and then he thought he was going to beat somebody in the ring, but he was. Um, he wasn't fit enough, and he got knocked back. And every time of those knockbacks, he focused on the thing that he wasn't good enough at, because he gained that experience. And he said to himself that he wouldn't make that mistake again, and just overpowered it, and became this better and better and better fighter. Which it proved the point that, and back to what you just said, that by getting that experience, by the knockbacks, they're coming. That's part of life. It's what you do with them, and then move forwards with it. But
1: that's but that's the thing we done is that. Some people don't get back up and they go, oh, I'm, a, I'm a loss, I'm going to go, go go on the tools because it's easier. The amount of times I've wanted to quit, truly, 11 times in, in 10 years of running a business or whatever it is, like 10, 11 years, like 11 times. And I'm not being flippant or, or, or joking there. I'm telling you, 11 times, zero not quitting, 10 quitting, I've been 9.8, 9.9, 11 times. I've got as close as anyone could possibly get to quitting. And the only reason that i would not quit is because I didn't have a plan B. I had to make this work. I realised I'd paint myself into a corner and I did that on purpose. When I got these Daft forearm tattoos, I was going through the most ridiculous uh, stress in terms of business and mentally and in terms of relationships. Uh, going back on four years ago now. And I got these, these forearm tattoos uh, on purpose. This was me burning the bridges. I did it on purpose so that actually I was unemployable. Um, all right right, it wasn't necessarily the best decision at the time but that's what my logic was my logic was that actually you are going to make yourself unemployable now Brad uh, in order for you to make this work and when people have plan B's they don't believe in the plan A and if they don't believe in their plan A don't get pissed off or upset when you're trying to sell your products or your services to someone and they don't 100% believe because if they don't 100% believe they ain't buying. and the first person you need to convince of any business is yourself and that's where people go (laughs) wrong
0: so just out of everything we covered so think back from when from when it all started when you started your first marketing after you'd finished the corporate through 4N through uh, what you're doing now um, what is what do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned or the biggest tip that you're going to have to give people uh, moving forward what do you think what's yeah. the biggest thing that you've, that you've learned or had to do um,
1: do it your way and if it doesn't work change it till so it does simple as that Because there is no point in following the herd, which is what everyone does. If you look at my entire, how many? Okay, so I'm the UK's number one motivational business speaker, all right? Uh, And the reason I'm the UK's number one motivational business speaker is I said, I'm the UK's number one motivational business speaker. And any any of you listeners right now can go and Google the UK's number one motivational business speaker. And you'll find pages upon pages upon pages about me. As I said, the first person you've got to convince of your brilliance is you. Now, same goes for Muhammad Ali. You know, the reason that we refer to him as the greatest is because 40 years ago, he said he was the greatest. That's what you've got to do. The biggest tip I can give you is is convince yourself of your brilliance. Be, find your level, right? Find your level and be the best that you can possibly have. All of a sudden, me calling myself the UK's number one motivational business speaker. When I walk into a a business show, not a business show, 25,000 people there. When I walk into that, guess what? I walk around. In my mind's eye, like the UK's number one motivational business because that means my head up, my shoulders are back, and I'm living it. Right? But if I, if I said I'm the UK's number one, I was with a slouch and so forth, it wouldn't correlate and people wouldn't back that up. So make certain that you can convince yourself of your brilliance and actually um, start living. Start living where you want to be. So if you want to be the UK's number one or whatever in your field, start telling yourself that in your mind's eye. Because when I started my business off and I opened up the words at Four Networking with this, Years ago. Me in, in a room with 70 people there, first time shaking like a leaf. I opened up the words, Welcome to the future of business networking. That was the first words uttered from this organization. And that was because I defined my vision. My vision was big and yet it was it was out, it was misguided. Um, but somewhere along the way I kept that vision. I loaded it up with me. Now if I'd have opened up and said welcome to Somerset's biggest network, guess what? The likelihood of it have been Somerset's biggest, but it's bouncing vision. So, the three things that I want you people to be tuned into is this. In order for you to be a success, you're going to need ideas, vision, and belief. It's about belief. It's about belief. It's about belief. It's about belief. Because if you don't 100% fucking believe in what you're talking about, forget it. Because someone who does 100% believe in the same field will beat you to the punch every single time. So, ideas, vision, and belief, lock them in.
0: And what better way to finish on that? <laughs> brad that's been great that thank you very much mate it's appreciated so that's it for today's episode of the turning point i've been your host daniel moore and today's guest has been one and only brad burton and together we can make life's biggest hurdles that much easier to overcome